I said good day, sir. You don't ever plan anything around the eagles because the eagles represent the grace of God. Okay. You heathen bastards. What a vanilla nebbish name. Well, you know, orcs are people too. I'm thinking of that one cult that got taken out with one punch. So he's got a wall, okay. a gall, a gall, and a wall. Every time you mention the eagles, I think Don Henley. <laughs> This is a Geek History of Time. Where we connect nerdery to the real world. I'm Ed Blaylock, a world history teacher uh, with one section of English uh, here in Northern California. Uh, as I always point out, I'm also the father now of a two-year-old uh, little boy uh, <clears throat> with uh, who, who may or may not uh, have asthma, which uh, is uh, going to become... Uh, Jermaine to the conversation in yes. a minute. Uh, who are you, sir, sitting on the other end of an electronic connection this evening? Yeah, I'm Damien Harmony. I am a Latin teacher and a high school world history teacher up here in Northern California, the father of a seven and a half, almost eight year old, and a 10 year old, uh, uh, little girl and little boy. Um, yeah, and yes, I'm sitting on the other end of the internet from you, uh, because, uh, this, this episode is, I, I hate to use the phrase, a very special episode, but in some ways. <laughs> well, you know, we, we talk about nerd nostalgia so much that, yeah, you know, a true. very it's... special episode, capital V, capital S, capital yes. E, yeah. so, uh, seems, seems kind of appropriate. Yeah. This episode we're <clears> recording <throat> on the first day of spring. Um, it's actually my dad's 77th birthday. Um, it's, really? Yeah, it's March twentieth, uh, and my shit is yeah, Hawks, isn't it? Yeah, um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, our entire world shifted hugely in the last week alone. Although something had been kind of burgeoning for a while, um, yeah, COVID nineteen uh, made its way to our shores a, a while back, and it has now yeah. become a worldwide pandemic. Yeah. And we are not it, across it from each been, other. It, <laughs> yeah, because uh, we are located in a region of uh, Northern California uh, where both of the counties uh, we live in uh, have individually separately from one another before before our government uh, governor's uh, statements a uh, little more than 24 hours ago. Yeah. Uh, they uh, called for residents to shelter in place, which essentially means um, we are not quite on lockdown, excuse me, to the level that folks have been in Italy now Yeah. Uh, for a couple of weeks now. Uh, but uh, we are called upon to remain indoors unless we absolutely need to go out right. uh, to do anything. It's uh, it's a couple and steps below so, martial law in a lot of ways in terms of severity. Um, yeah. But we're as we are both teachers, we're both in a profession that got shut down pretty quick. Luckily, our state values teachers on some level, and uh, so that's yeah. that's been okay. Um, but our students, we have not seen, I've not seen my students since Friday. Most of them I haven't seen since Thursday of last week. Uh, and so it's Same been here. a week and I am yeah. now trying to figure out ways to design lessons so that my program doesn't die. Um, so that my kids learn, uh, mm. and can go on to the next level and so that they have some sense of normalcy. And so I'm, I'm kind of that taking last one is going to be as best I that can. That last one is going to be really tough. Yeah. 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 Well, that's all that's all any of us are doing. Yeah. And I'm um, I'm taking matters into my own hand because bureaucracies being what they are, um I'm going to get this shit done a lot quicker and better than than anybody above me. I'm also kind of unique in my district. I'm literally the only person who knows the language that I teach. Uh so I know Wait. Okay. Yeah. Um, hold on. Yes. Hold, sorry. Yep. Sorry, sorry. Back up. Sure. Um, how many, how many students roughly does Sacramento, Sac City Unified have? Uh, about 50,000. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, your, your unit has approximately how many credentialed certificated, uh, personnel? I think it's, uh, around 2,100, maybe 24. There's a and line, you are, one of the numbers. Yeah. Okay, and and you are no shit the only 
mm-hmm. Latin teacher. Yeah. And I'll go you one better. There is one You're principle. A unicorn. Yes, I am. There is a principal at a middle school that I was an undergrad student with who I met in my Latin one class. He's okay. the only person I know of in the entire district who knows any Latin at all. Um, and he didn't go nearly as far as I did because he and well, I took Latin one Because he's not teaching it, obviously. Right. Yeah. But there's right. nobody like you. You could find other people who know Spanish. You could find other people who are specialized in other languages. Nothing for Latin. I am the only one. So I'm trying to keep this thing going. But more importantly, my students, because I'm the only one in the whole district, you know, my, I get my students for four years very often. And so I get yeah, to watch no, them grow true. up from children into adults. It's a wonderful, wonderful bond. And so I'm fiercely loyal to them. And so yeah. I'm looking for all the ways that I can um, to make sure that the damage done by this disease to their schedules and to their normalcy and to their learning mm-hmm. is minimized. You know, never mind the fact yeah. that I don't get to see them. Uh, and, and many of them have reached out to me saying, like, the worst part is I don't get to be in your class. So it's, it's, it's very validating, yeah. but it's, that's what's going on. So like all well, next week, I'm going to be designing funny. lessons and posting stuff online, um, videos yeah. and such of translations and whatnot. So that's, that's mm-hmm. what I'm doing for the job. What are you doing <clears throat> for your job? Right now, uh, my, my district, oi. Um, <laughs> so now you we, named we mine. Got, Go ahead and name yours. Yeah. Okay, Fairfield Sassoon Unified School District. Okay. It's only fair. I didn't. I, I apologize. I, I I realized only as it was coming out yeah, of my mouth that that's I was fair. like, "Oh shit, I shouldn't have done right. that." People are going to conf- confuse us anyway. So yeah, well, I'm the one that so, works in Elk Grove, and you're the one that works in Lincoln. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody like you know. Yeah, we're we're not in San Francisco. We're not in LA. Nobody cares about right. where the fuck we are. Uh, nobody outside of California. Anyway. Right. I'm at Millard Fillmore so, High School up in Sisiskiyou County, and uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, and I'm in Roseville. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Again, to anybody who's not, you know, in Northern California, those words mean bubkas. You're at Calvin Hockley Middle School, if I recall. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, he's the that bad works. guy from Titanic. We'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you know he's the kind of asshole who'd have a middle school named after him too. Yep. Um, but my 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 district, Fairfield Sassoon, mm-hmm. um, I was literally saying until until Thursday of last week, mm-hmm. I was literally telling people we are we are no kidding going to have to have somebody in our district actually get confirmed as having the disease before our district is going to shut anything down. Right. And when, 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 and if we do, if we go back before the end of this year, which is a whole other conversation we can have in a minute, Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to have to bring donuts for a whole bunch of people on my campus. Cause I, I was talking, chatting during my, during my prep period Uh, with one of the campus monitors. And I said, you know what? I will buy everybody donuts Mm -hmm. if, if we actually get shut down because you need to understand um my my district uh was was very close to the napa fires right a couple of years ago and it took air quality getting toxic yeah for them for them to shut classes down for like two days yeah, we did the same. Now, the argument there yeah. was at least that, like, it, at least for my kids, their, uh, the ventilation at home might have been worse than the ventilation at school. So it was a safer place to keep them. That that was part of the argument mm-hmm. uh, with with us. Um, I, I never entirely bought into it. Okay. Uh, but anyway... Because of because of that, I was highly skeptical that, her, that, that sure. my district was ever going to shut things down, and so I made that bet. And so when and if if we go back before the before the end of the year, mm-hmm. um, and if I don't find a job in a different district over the summer, hmm. um, which which I'm only I'm, I want to I want to stress this: the biggest reason I'm it's not the only reason, but the biggest reason I'm looking for one is simply because right now, uh, where I'm working is a is a K 
killer commute yeah. for me. I'm, I'm, I'm having to travel a very long distance for those of you who aren't personal friends who are listening to this podcast. Yeah. Um, but, um, and so then it, it came as a shock Sure. when I, when I got the email on, on Friday afternoon that, okay, you know, as of the end of the day today, we're shutting down. Don't come back on Monday. Mm-hmm. Now, um, when you got your actually, notice and actually wait, that might, that might not have been, that might've been on Thursday. We might yeah. not have gone in Friday. I'm trying to remember. Okay. It, it feels like the weirdest thing about this whole experience mm-hmm. Is, you know, that the thing you get speaking, you know, as teachers, you know, I know one of the things that winds up happening to me is I've got to find a way to make myself remember what day of the week it is during summer break. Yes. And, and usually, usually that takes me about a week and a half to get mm-hmm. to that point of, I don't know, I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is. Sure. I have, I'm, I'm floating free in this, in this weird limbo. That happened to me instantaneously. Yeah, it's, it's a this. weird thing. And I, and, I, and I don't know if it's just because of all of the free floating anxiety mm-hmm. that's that's surrounding all of these things. But like, like I had to remind my. I'm a Catholic, as anybody, you listeners, you guys already know the, yeah. the back and forth about that. And we're in the middle of Lent, and so today is Friday, and like I had to remind myself. Mm-hmm that it was Friday because of, uh, because, because of observance, I had to be like, Oh wait, right. The plan for dinner is, you know, we're doing a a shrimp Caesar salad because, you know, I, I can't do that thing. I was, I, you know, I was thinking, okay, well, you know, so I got, I got the leftovers from the, from the, from the, uh, New York strip steaks we had last Sunday. I can do something with it. Wait, no, I can't. It's Friday. Right. Right. You know, and like, I'm, I'm, I'm in that, I'm in that weird place and it's made even weirder because, uh, since Tuesday, Mm -hmm. I think, uh, my wife has been working from home. Okay. Or no, since Monday, she, she got word on Friday that her office was being closed. They were all being sent home and she's been working from home all week. And like on Monday we wound up, we wound up taking our son to daycare Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been on Tuesday. We took our son to daycare because I I had to report in to my work site in the Ugh. morning. Um, which which originally, anyway, this all ties back to the point I was trying to make a minute ago. My district kept telling us, okay, go to Solano County Office of Health mm-hmm. for the latest updates on what's going on. And they said, we have a plan, we have a plan, we have a plan. But they never told us what the goddamn plan was. Right. And it's guarded was, and by a leopard in a downstairs like, basement and in the men's yeah, room. You know, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, and, and I'm like, okay, so, so stop, like, mm-hmm. tell us what the plan is. Right. Like you, you don't have to go into exhaustive detail. I understand maybe sure. there's stuff that needs to be eyes only. I understand you don't want to cause a panic, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but when you tell me, well, we have a plan, but we're not going to tell you what the plan is that immediately causes my bullshit detector to go ding, 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 ding. Right. Like I don't yeah. really have a plan. And then we got told, okay, don't come in mm-hmm. Friday or Monday. I think, I think like Thursday was the last day I went in. Okay. And then we got told, don't come in Friday. Don't come in Monday. Mm-hmm. And you know, your site administrators are going to tell you what to do Tuesday. Mm. And then the story from my site administrator, what the hell was going to happen on Tuesday changed like four times over the weekend. Right. Because now, there wasn't a fucking plan. So what are you doing for your classroom? What are you doing for your kids? Right now, uh, the what what got handed down to us from the district was from the day we didn't show up, mm-hmm. which was Monday. I re- I'm thinking about it now. Mm-hmm. From from this Monday through until the thirtieth of April, mm-hmm. we are not we are not giving any instruction that is required, nothing that is going to get graded, nothing in anything we're providing. Okay. Anything, anything we are supposed to provide during that time period is all enrichment. Yeah. And, and and then on the 30th, we are supposed to go back in right now. Right. This is the plan. It stands and like with everything else right now, everything changes. Now March 30th or April 30th? March 30th. Okay. You're supposed to go back. Yeah. We're going in. We're going in March thirtieth. Okay. And that's going to be and that's going to be a site meeting, at which 
what what we've been told is okay. So now you know you're going to get together with the other members of your of your uh, department, which in my room. case that's like, that's like three of us. Okay, we're we're, we're going to like we're, we're going to meet with the other members of our department and figure out okay as the history department like what are we going to do? Right. And and my job <laughs> there uh, is going to be to walk one of the, the the third leg of the history tripod sure. uh, I'm gonna be walking him through okay remember this is what you got to do to set up your Google classroom mm-hmm. and right now that's that's what the district is pushing real hard is Google classroom okay which I'm okay with from the from the standpoint of okay well you know provide provide assignments and grade stuff and and turn stuff back sure um, I genuinely don't have any I'm I'm going to admit that right now I'm having a little bit of existential professional panic right now. Okay. Over what I am going to do in terms of instruction. I because I am I am loath to set up like a Zoom mm-hmm. and say okay everybody show up at this Zoom meeting at this time for half an hour. Right. Because I teach middle schoolers like for, for a university professor, zoom is a great tool. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching middle schoolers. Yeah. They I'm don't show up on time to class as it is. Number one, they don't show up on time. Number two, all of their focus is social before everything else. Mm-hmm. So the moment I put anything up on zoom, they're going to show up. They're going to see their friends in that zoom room, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. In, in that in that setting, they're gonna they're gonna have the opportunity to chat with friends who they haven't spoken to for two weeks. Right. And whatever I'm trying to give them goes out the window. Sure. So like while I'm at home trying to wrangle my son, trying mm-hmm. not to get in the way of my wife who's trying to work from home at the same time, while right. I'm trying to do all that, I'm also somehow supposed to find a way to like rein them in and get them focused on curriculum. Classroom management, not in the classroom. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. where no, they all have their exist. devices literally in front of them instead of you have to yes. put that away. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm doing everything as um, opt in as possible uh, as far as that goes. And it's just like I'm posting this. This is where you can find this information. You email me what you have and I will correct it with you and I will give you feedback and I will you know show you a better version of a translation. That's that's basically it for the world history kids. I honestly I don't, I don't think there's much to do. Now, the, the funny thing is for me for the world history, and then I want to move on to another aspect of this this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, for world history, I had just started World War One with them. I had just handed out a novel to them because I bought a class set of novels. Um, mm-hmm. Luckily, I have records as to who got what novel. Uh, so I can keep track of that oh, and hunt good. those kids down next time. Um, but I just handed out novels to them to write their term paper because that was a quarter of their grade um, on the Armenian genocide. And I was going to teach them about World War One. We got to everybody's ready and the Archduke is pulling into Serbia. Like that's that's where we got. <laughs> so they have no idea you, you, what's about to happen. You, you literally... Yeah. You, you literally got to have like the three quarters point in episode one of the series. Yes. So now that you know <laughs> who all the players are. The exciting event hasn't even happened yet. Right. So yeah. a triggering event. Um, so I, I, my kids, and then after that, after World War One was over as a lesson, and that was going to be about a three or four week deal um, because I, I go pretty deep on it, then... I was going to do a a unit on the influenza epidemic because that's never been taught well in our textbooks. So I was like, oh, well, I'm going to do this since I'm crazy Uncle Damien. Um, and so I was going to teach about the influenza <laughs> epidemic. And then I was going to teach mm-hmm. about the rise of fascism. And it's okay. weird when you have such wonderful real world examples to draw and then you on, don't get the opportunity to teach them. Well, when they actually interfere with your ability to teach them, <laughs> it's it would be like if I did a, a unit on book burning and then somebody said my curriculum needed to be burned. I mean, it, it's like on that level of like, well, I was a little or, behind or the curve. Or if somebody, 
Yeah, or or if somebody actually marched in your classroom, grabbed all of your books and set them on fire. Right. So I, I think I think saying yeah. I think I think somebody saying your curriculum needed to be burned isn't quite as on the news. You're right. You're right. As current events are. Yeah. I just I want to point. I feel like I need yeah. to point that out. And they are. I in mean, this it's. Context. And now I, I, I want to point out, this is a once in a four lifetime event that we are living through. Um, I talked to my dad. He's 77 as of today. Um, he was born in 43, which means okay. his parents were of age, what, like 20 years prior to that. So they were... Yeah. They were born probably just after the war or just during the war. So, like, his grandparents would have memory of of this stuff happening, which means yeah. nobody living right now has memory of this having happened because it literally was 102 oh, no. years oh, ago. No. PBS did a big thing on yeah, it. Yeah, no. So, so there's that happening, and we're both trying to raise children through it, and what I was talking to my students about as we were getting, because it was getting worse. And I, I told my principal, like, you need to cancel this rally. Um, that was on Thursday. Those halcyon days of last Thursday were, there was some question as to whether or not we we're going to have a rally. I was like, no, you, yeah. can, you need to cancel it. And he was very reasonable and listened to what I had to say and as to why, and he had no problem canceling it. Um, and then I went to him that afternoon. I said, now about the prom. And then the next day it was, oh yeah, you're going to shut down for a week. And then it was that week gets turned into like, and one of the reasons you kept getting different stories through the weekend was this, yeah. and, and I'm going to give a lot of grace to leadership here. And I don't normally, um, because this is once in the four lifetime event. I mean, it really, really is. Uh, so oh, yeah. I'm going to be a little bit more understanding right. about that happening. We are making it up as we go. And they didn't have vaccines back then. And they didn't have the infrastructure that we have right now. Um, so, but I was talking yeah. to my students about it. I was like, this is awful because your first year here, um, we were picketing outside the district. Your second year yeah. here, we had, um, a active shooter threat and bomb threat. So we had to evacuate the school. Your third year here, we went on strike. Your fourth year here, um, your senior year, uh, you are having to leave a quarter early because the whole world is uh, having a uh, <laughs> a pandemic. And what yeah. really got me was I realized a lot of my seniors were born in July and August of 2002, which means they exist because 9-11 happened. Yeah. And they... That's a sobering. That is a sobering goddamn thought. They were brought into this I mean, world we... by calamity and their school is ending by calamity. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. coming of age in the middle of an even bigger calamity than the one that, that mm -hmm. led to, that was the inciting event for their own lives. Yeah. So I, yeah. I want to read no, a couple of things. It's a sobering thought. Yeah. I want to read a couple of things to you, and then I'm going to ask you okay. uh, a question. And then we should get out of here because, hey, come come listen to Geek History of Time and get really depressed about what's going get on. really, really depressed, yeah. Um, so at current... There are 276,462 coronavirus cases. There are one this other world world that's worldwide. Yes, uh, okay. there are 11,417 deaths as a result of coronavirus. I think that number would be higher if you look at who didn't get the care they needed because Corona was taking up all the beds. Mm -hmm. 91,954 have recovered which means you have 173,091 active cases. 165,180 of those are considered in mild condition. 7,911 are considered in serious or critical condition. Um, that's the, I have a friend who lives in Italy. Uh, he said that yesterday uh, there were 2,500 new cases that day or as of midnight that night. And yesterday, truck convoys had uh, army convoys had to be called in to, and 450 people died that day. Um, and army convoys had to be called in to uh, take out the dead uh, to crematoria. We are 11 days behind Italy. Hopefully, we'll do something different. Um, but history is is not showing that that's the thing. 
Um, and if you look at the scale of deaths that are happening, um, it looks like a hockey stick. Uh, yeah. And uh, no, the, the curve, the curve is frightening. Yeah. And so, and this is a thing that, I mean, we are looking at school being shut down potentially through to the fall, if not longer. Yeah. We are looking at a tremendous economic disaster as a result because so many people can't work. Yeah, um, huge, huge economic downturn. Huge. Um, the site of which we've only studied about in history, and I didn't even get to get to it this year. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we are looking at. I mean, I'm I'm a comic. I have a lot of friends who are comics. In addition to being a teacher, um, and so many of my friends are like, "How am I going to pay rent this month?" Like, there's mm-hmm. so much squeezing happening to everybody and there's this weird hoarding thing that happened and there's just there's just this tremendous yeah there's a huge panic and again i give us a bit of grace on that but at the same time this is a symptom of how toxic our society has become because we don't go for collectivism at all and we're being yeah we don't we don't look out for one another we look out for number one yeah, yeah our patriotism isn't about how are you taking care of your neighbors that you don't know across town? So I guess my question is how, how to put this, how is your, and with as, as privately or as publicly as you want this to be, how is your family handling this? Feel free to give any specifics. Um, and then I'll tell mine and then, uh, we'll, we'll both, uh, just kind of take a look at what's coming up in the future. Um, well here, mm-hmm. um, my, my wife and I have, have said basically from, from the moment we were officially a couple, mm-hmm. we kind of have a standing policy that one of us is allowed to freak out at any given time. Good policy. And we, and we, and we take turns mm-hmm. and the weird thing is in the days leading up to my school shutting down, mm-hmm. I was the one who was quietly but gradually less quietly over time mm-hmm. starting to freak out okay. because I was, you know, we, we have, you know, I, I have something like 100 and, 150 and change uh, student contacts daily. Right. And like just the sheer number of people I was in contact with on a daily basis, being in a classroom with recycled air, you know, I mean, like all of it was just, and the thing is, I, I have hypertension that's Mm -hmm. controlled. I I take meds for it. I'm, you know, so like hypertension is one of the conditions that's that's supposed to be an exacerbating factor, but mine's under control. I wasn't really worried about myself. Mm -hmm. I was worried about my wife who is asthmatic and also has hypertension. And so that's like a double whammy. Mm -hmm. And, and to a lesser extent, I was worried about our son who is young enough that that the virus is, you know, spared most little kids up to this point. But my son may or may not be asthmatic. He may be getting that from his mom. We don't know for sure. Sure. He's had, he's had a couple of incidents where we've, we've used an inhaler for Mm -hmm. him. And so I was, I was worried about the two of them. And, yeah. and the other thing that really, what really had me genuinely freaking out is, um, my, my 45th birthday mm-hmm. is going to be four days from now. It's, it's right now it's the 20th. Um, and my parents were going to be coming up to visit for that. And my father was born in 44. My mother was born in 45. So they are both yeah. in their 70s. Yeah. They are both in an age category that puts them at risk. Mm-hmm. Now, my parents are both far fitter than I am. Mm-hmm. My mother historically has gone to some form of aerobic workout class, whether it's a spin class or Pilates or, or just aerobics or whatever, five days a week. Um, I mean, her, her cardiopulmonary system is like, you could, you could launch aircraft off of it. It's just like, you know, she's, she's ridiculously fit. My father, similarly, not quite as hardcore, but my dad has historically been very healthy. He's been very careful about being active every day, walks a couple of miles daily, you know, all this mm-hmm, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
And then back in December, my father got a really bad cold. Right. Which then turned into uh, what we figured out at the end of all of it, just like last month, uh, figured out that what, what wound up happening, the virus actually attacked his heart. He got viral cardiomyopathy. Or not myopathy, but anyway, yeah. viral cardio, something where which which looked like uh, heart failure, looked like congestive heart failure. Mm-hmm. And so he is still recovering from that. Okay. And in the process of recovering from that, um, he wound up uh, having a fall off of a bicycle that led to him breaking three ribs. So he's also recovering from that at the sure. same time. And so the thought, what I was worried about, what I was really starting to freak out about was not me getting sick, mm-hmm. was not even really my wife getting sick or my son getting sick because I was pretty confident that like, yeah, there are risk factors there, but we're still not, like none of us have COPD, none of right. us have, you know, really serious uh, pulmonary stuff. Right. Uh, what I was really worried about was my dad, who is still recovering from this, if I wind up being the vector yeah. for the disease that kills him, I am never going to be able to live with it. And like, I mean, I, I yeah. recognize, I, I recognize, I recognize that, it, that it's not my fault. Yeah. And at the same time, but, but, but yeah. at the same time, like, and, and so up until my site shut down, I was becoming more, it was having a harder and harder time, not staring at the ceiling, worrying about that. Sure. And then my site shut down and the, the coin flipped. I stopped freaking out. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the gravity of the situation and the enormity of the situation struck my wife for the first time when I was no longer going to be working right. for two weeks. Right. And then she had, she, she had a freak out. Sure. Uh, like I, I texted her to let her know that that was going to happen. And I found out when we got home that night, she said she had to get up from her desk at work and go into the bathroom and cry. Yeah. Because it, it really, it hit her really hard. She, she really freaked out. And so since then we, we have, we've kind of been in, in that kind of mode that I've been like, okay, no luck. We're going to, we're going to stay inside. We're going to do what we got to do. And, you know, we're going to pull through this. We'll figure out, you know, we'll take things the same way that we've taken parenthood for the last two years. We'll just, you know, do what we got to do. We got to do it and we'll learn as we go. And, um, you know, and, and now that the enormity of the situation has come home to everybody, like I, the weird, the weird thing for me about all of this is there's, there's a great gif that I've seen on Facebook going around that's out of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you familiar with with Holy Grail? Oh yeah. Okay. So you know the scene where where you got the two guards sitting outside the castle, the swamp castle. I got sent and, this and just the other day. Yeah. There, yeah and, and you see off in the distance, you see Lancelot running toward him, running toward him, and he's little and he's far away, running toward him, running toward him. And go back to the guards, and they're like staring. And then the same clip of Lancelot running toward him plays again. So he comes to the same distance up the hill, and that repeats like three times right. until finally. Like right he's on. on him <laughs> yep. and he kills one of them runs through the gate and the other one's like, Hey, wait. Yep. And, and you know, what's, what's been done for that gif is they've, they've labeled Lancelot as coronavirus mm-hmm. and the two guards, you know, WHO and the Trump administration or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like, Hey, wait, you know, pandemic, pandemic, you know, and, and I think I, that's the weirdest thing to me is like everybody in China was screaming and hollering about, no, no, you don't get it. Right. And, and anybody who knew anything about math, like I've got, I've got a friend who's a, who's a math instructor, math tutor at UC Davis. And he was like, no, no, let me show you the charts. This mm-hmm. is what logarithmic looks like. Like, yeah, you, you can argue with me about a lot of stuff, but if you, you bring up math, I'm going to get insulted because that's literally what I do for a job. Sure. Like, yeah. look, look at math. And, and the thing is, it's like anything else in the world. It's if it's if it's happening in a different part of the planet, if it's happening to different people, it's really abstract. Yep. Right up until it hits you, mm-hmm. or it or or you know. And 
I think that's also and and again I'm I'm not when I when I say what I'm about to say I'm not saying this as as a criticism because again we haven't we we as a society haven't seen anything like this since literally a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. but I I think that particular bias whatever whatever the technical term is for that well you know it's not real until it happens like in your backyard mm-hmm. whatever that cognitive bias is I think that's that's that is a real thing that is unfortunately going to get real people killed in our country yeah and around the world I mean it's not just us it's other countries also mm-hmm. but especially us yeah and you know I think I think the biggest thing I'm having trouble wrapping my head around mm-hmm. is just the sheer enormity of it. Yeah. And, and the uncertainty and the, we don't know when we're going to be able to go back to something like, yeah, you know, and, and part of what has me angry on a daily basis is like, we still don't even have accurate numbers. Like, like until until, you'd have to have the infrastructure in place to be able to do that. And that was gutted two years ago. So, yeah, you know, it, it's, well, that was gutted two years ago. And then we find out that our president uh, put a put a pause on trying to get a test uh, yes. uh, put out because he didn't want the numbers to get too big and scare people because yep. that would look bad for him in reelection. Like now, as of today, there was a reporter who asked and then I'll I'll speak to my experience. Yeah. Um, as of today, there was a reporter who asked the president. What do you have to tell Americans who are scared? I'm, I'm Damien phrasing, but that was it. And yeah. he said, I would tell them that you're a lousy reporter. That's a really, really nasty question. And he went in full defense mode on the most softball of pitches. Um, and that's, yeah. our, that's our leadership. Like, I, I yeah. don't pretend to not be politically minded. I don't pretend not to be biased um, at yeah. all. Well, no, yeah, anybody, no, nobody who's, who's a listener yeah. thinks that we're, we're going to be nonpartisan here. But, but, yeah. But, oh, my God. Like, it's, it, it, it's rock bottom has a lot of give. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> well, no, it turns out, turns out uh, rock bottom was, was made out of shale. Yes. And we've fallen, we've fallen through, and we're plummeting toward the Earth's molten core. Yes, um, but you know. th- it's just astounding. Like the last time something like this happened, it was the Great Depression. Okay, it was not uh, a huge epidemic. It was, it was a huge economic just kerfuffle, fucked everything, right? And then prior to that, the last time it happened was was during an epidemic. But the last time this happened, we had a president who got on the radio and calmed us the fuck down. We had a guy who had plans, who hired experts, who misstepped all over the place and also made wonderful, wonderful repair jobs. Like, he did all that. He was not going after the press for asking him the nasty question of, what do you have to tell Americans who are scared right now? He, 10 days ago, was calling it a hoax. Yesterday, he tweeted in all caps, Social distance, and that was literally the only thing he tweeted um, in that message. I mean, he tweeted like 30 more times that day, um, making fun of political opponents, talking about how it's a Democrat hoax, etc., etc. Like that, this is the time that we're living in. It's, it's if you could have the worst possible person in charge of things during the worst possible thing to happen, we've got it. Like we are seeing a test we're case of, of what we it is. We are solidly there. Yeah. And yeah, we are, we are totally the states there. are essentially on their own and they're doing a good job overall, uh, at least ours is, overall. And I, I recognize that you have a bone to pick and I'll let you pick that if you want. And if it's too specific, I completely understand. Um, but um, I, well, I, for the, for this, for, yeah, yeah. For, the, for the sake of listeners in a second, sure. I'll explain. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. But I, by and large, our governor in California has told people flat out like, Xenophobia is not helping us. I mean, our president literally crossed out the word Corona and wrote in the word Chinese so that he could call it the Chinese virus. Um, and, his, and, his, and his staff are referring to it as the Kung flu. Yeah. So it just, it, which like, is like, I'm, I'm sorry, stop for a second. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. All of you are fucks. Yeah. Like, like you are evil, evil, shitty mm-hmm. people who are not worthy of the positions that you are holding 
and you are making all of us worse. Like, I hate you. And yeah, you're, you're making me worse. literally leading to people being dead. Like, they're actually yeah. killing people with their ignorance. So, I have a grandmother mm-hmm. who is 94, 93. Mm-hmm. She's been in the hospital, I think, three times in the last month and a half. Fuck. Uh, yeah. Now, she's fine. But how many more of those she got in her? I was talking with my mom about this, and it's one of those, there is no way our family's going to get out of this unscathed. Um, my family yeah. tends to run a little older, you know, as does yours. There's no yeah. way that my students are going to get out of this unscathed. On a personal level, I'll tell you um, what's going on with me. I, um, I'm, I'm a parent of kids who have to go back and forth between two homes. Um, I'm divorced. Uh, we have 50-50 custody. And... Uh, their mom works in uh, the nursing field. And when it was a three-week, uh, and that's the thing, it's come out, and it like every time we hear about it, it's worse. Like, so at first it was, yeah. okay, we're going to send you home for the weekend. And then it's, we're going to send you home for through Monday. And then it's, uh, you better stay away all week, and we'll come back Thursday. And then it was, uh, okay, it's going to be two weeks. And then it's, the governor comes out and says, no, it's going to be at least four and then it, and then and then and then yeah and so when it was at the three week mark we had a long discussion and and we try to be amicable I'll, I'll put it that way um we had a long discussion and it was agreed that i would and i was in favor of this because i want my kids um it was agreed that i would take them for the duration of the three week um lockdown and then it got expanded to like three months pretty quickly like this is you know the governor said this is you're not going back to school the odds are very much against it and so at that point um we said okay there's no way that that's tenable um you know if if that's the case then we'll just keep custody as it is you know just trade these back and forth yeah called me yesterday saying you're going to need to take them tomorrow morning because of just a, uh, a few living situation things. I don't want to tell other people's stories, but yeah. essentially she she is not comfortable being able to guarantee their health and safety from this virus, which, by the way, is starting to kill younger and younger people. Um, yeah. That's, that's a thing, too. And she can't yeah. guarantee that. And so now I have my kids full-time, essentially until further notice, um, and it's a discussion that she and I will have. Um, I'm happy to keep them as long as I can um, with the understanding that once things die down, we're going to try to get back to as normal as possible. My mm-hmm. kids are going to be without their mom uh, for an extended period of time. Um, and they're going to be with me for that extended period of time. So the the silver lining is they're going to be with me. But I, I have full-time custody of my kids right now which is Mm -hmm. its own full-time job and i'm glad to do it um and i'm glad to keep their education going and stuff like that but that's that's what i'm seeing and i have to explain to them in terms that they'll understand that this is a decision that is sad for their mom and if we could have it any other way it would be split um so that they would have time with their mom too and that this is a sacrifice that we have to make for their safety. And that's that's hard when you have kids of divorce, when there's already emotional baggage and weight behind the fact that they have two homes when they used to have one, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so it's a, a, a razor blade to dance on. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's a pretty easy explanation, but that's easy for me at 42. I don't know that it's easy for my daughter at seven. I don't know that it's easy for my son at 10. Um, but that's, that's kind of what we've got going on, uh, over here at Outpost Harmony. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. related, related to what you said about nobody's, you know, we're, we're not, we're not going to get out of this unscathed. Mm-hmm. I have an uncle. Okay. Uh, who is about a little, a little older than my folks, a mm-hmm. couple of years older than my folks. And, um, I don't know how many years ago it was now, but it was over a decade ago. He got told, um, if you don't quit smoking right now, mm-hmm. you're going to be dead in six months. And at that point, mm-hmm. he he crumpled up the pack of cigarettes he had in his pocket, threw it out. He has not touched a cigarette since. Good for him. Okay. 
which like holy cow all, all the credit for willpower like in the world mm-hmm. but um as he has gotten older since then uh all of the time that he did spend smoking you know a pack and a half a day mm-hmm. has manifested as emphysema and copd sure and he has been working as an uber driver Oof. <laughs> yeah and so my aunt, his wife, has has told him, no, 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 you you need to quit. You're yeah. done. And he, with a combination of of kind of fatalism and, you know, I survived this long, whatever, uh, kind of attitude. He he said, well, you know, I'll make sure they sit in the back seat. And like, oh, for God's sakes, no. I, I think my aunt has since put her foot down and he's, he's been forced to quit, I think. Um, but I'm not hundred percent sure. So like he's, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, even, even before this whole series of events happened, we were talking about, he's really not looking good, you know? Right. And so, you know, we're, we're talking about, we got to find a way to pack him in a bubble like right now. And at the same time, across the hall in the in the apartment complex that that my family and I are living in, mm-hmm. across the hall we have a neighbor who's I don't know probably in his late fifties, early sixties, and he is diabetic, has COPD, has is still a smoker, um, and like conversations I've had with him from you know six feet away in the hallway is he's he he asked me at one point because you know he, he knows that i'm a know-it-all mm-hmm. uh so he figured i might have an answer he said so you know uh you know if when 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 you wind up when you wind up dying from that like how long does that take right like because if he if he gets it he was just in the hospital recently for other stuff if if he winds up getting it like his chances are not good mm-hmm. like like really, really bad. It's, not a, it's good. virtually a death sentence. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and it's like, you know, and and members members of my family. I don't want to. I want to say who all, but I mean, sure. there, there's you know, grandparent my of of my son's four grandparents. Uh, several of them have expressed you know frustration at being stuck inside and have asked, you know, uh, does anybody, you know, on Facebook saying, you know, does anybody here actually know anybody who has coronavirus? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's kind of like, you know, this really, this can't really be that bad, can it? Kind of tone. Right. And, you know, and, 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 you know, part of its age, part of its, you know, outlook and, and part of it is, you know, information sources. Mm-hmm. You know that that like well you know it's it's the flu what you know the flu kills how many people a year I'm I tell you what I'm so sick of of anybody saying anything about well you know everybody's freaking out about this we don't we don't freak out about the flu every year mm-hmm. well yeah we have a vaccination for the fucking flu there's no vaccine for this shit right and this is and this is as communicable or more communicable than the flu and it's about five times as lethal yeah. So don't come at me with your, well, you know, we don't freak out about the flu bullshit. Well, number one, we should. You know. Like, that's like when people tell me, oh, there's no atheists in foxholes. I'm like, that's a good argument against foxholes. Like, (laughs) you know, like, let's not have a world where I have to start praying to someone else's God because I'm in fear of death. Yeah, everybody's everybody's a socialist during a pandemic. Well, tell you what, how about we don't have any pandemics if you think socialism is so fucking bad? Right. You know, yeah, let's 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 you know, let's let's look at what the real problem here is. You know, and um, you know, and 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 yeah, so it's just the the frustration on top of everything Mm -hmm. else with dealing with having have those same kind of arguments over and over. All right, so you know, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was just, yeah. <laughs> so what, how to put this, if, if our listeners have actually listened this far, uh, number one, bless you both. Um, se- yeah. Yeah. Secondly, <laughs> um, if uh, I, I'm, I'm struggling with the words, here's what I'm doing to deal with this. Okay. Um, okay. 
I am relaxing quite a bit on screen time for my kids. I and yeah. grant you, my kids are old enough where that's a thing. Uh, you have a kid at an age that I would not want to be going through this right now with. My kids are reasonable. They can be reasoned with. I can talk them through their feelings. Um, mm-hmm. But it's how it goes. Um, but here's what I'm doing. I am way more chill on, on screen time. I make sure that we all do something together. I am taking the time to teach them household chores. Um, and like today, I taught my kids how to vacuum. Uh, you know, stuff okay. like just the little things, those little things that like we take for granted that we do. Um, I'm also wiping down every doorknob of the house every day. I'm also making sure that we wash our hands the right way every single time. Um, and I was never a big hand washer and I've been washing my hands like assiduously for the last, uh, 15 days. Um, yeah, same because you know, the, the disinfectant, the, uh, the, the sanitizer, that's all well and good, but soap actually strips this virus down and kills it pretty quick. So I have no doubt that my kids being in school and me being a teacher and their mom being a nurse, um, increases our risks of having the virus, but I'll be damned if, if it stays on us, you know, like Mm -hmm. it might stay in us, but it ain't going to stay on us. And so those are the things I'm doing. And the other thing I'm doing, my daughter loves to ride her bike um, around the neighborhood. I have drilled it into her that she is not to go to people's houses. She is to, if there's somebody on the sidewalk, she's to pull off into the street um, within reason because of safety. Um, And she, you know, get to the other side of the street. You could talk to people from across the street, but no closer. Um, And Mm -hmm. our streets aren't only six feet wide, but... I'm like, why take risks? Better safe than sorry. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm teaching my six kids. Feet, six feet is a hard distance for anybody who's you know not, not a sword geek to, yeah. to gauge. But I'm teaching my kids these weird-ass skills that have nothing to do with being a human being. Like, we are social creatures, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so oh, yeah. I'm – and, and I was talking about this earlier. It's weird what I'm normalizing for my kids – in order to do my part to blunt the damage of what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. I've also holed up in Outpost Harmony. Like, we don't go very far at all. I haven't taken them on any kind of car rides except for from their mom's house. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I I did all my shopping for the next two weeks about a few days ago. Like, I, I am ready to stay home this whole time. What are you doing? Um physically in terms of how you teach and, and work with your son um, and, uh, and and whatnot. And then we'll close it up because I'd, I'd rather we did episodes about uh, analyzing, uh, bringing nerdery into the world, real world instead yeah. of real world yeah. into our nerdery. Or just real world, yeah. Um, I think it, it struck me just a little while ago before we started recording this evening mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to remember what triggered it. My, my son, Oh, uh, we were, we were going to be putting Robert to bed mm-hmm. and, uh, his, his mother said, okay, come on, it's, it's time to go night, night. And, uh, he, he, you know, as toddlers will do, he, he, you know, toddled away mm-hmm. and she said, come on, it's time, it's time to go night, night. And he did, not really I'm not going to say for the first time but for the first time in a little while uh he actually very clearly very very he enunciated it very very precisely he mm-hmm. said no oh. and and hunkered down and uh we both you know I I called him by his full name ah. including his middle name um, and, um, his mother picked him up and put him in a time out for it. Mm. And he had a, and he had a meltdown mm-hmm. and what struck me, cause you talk about, you're, you're able to talk to your kids and, and reason with them and talk them through their feelings and all right. that. It struck me that I think because of what's going on, mm-hmm. my son is going to have to get a very early crash course in emotional intelligence because we're, we're going to need to be trying to teach him to recognize and and tell us what these feelings are and have a talk with him about, you know, 
mm-hmm. when, when mommy said, when mommy tells you to do something, you need to listen to mommy, you know? Yep. And, and when we raise our, when we get frustrated, that means we're frustrated, but we always love you, you know, and, and right. those, all of those kind of conversations we're we're going to have to be doing that, I think, more consciously, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I do. Yeah, that makes uh, plenty of sense. I told know, my same, kids specifically, that, like, we need to make sure that we make room for each other emotionally, yeah. you know. But again, yeah. I, can, I can speak that way to them. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and, you know, the same way that we're all now paying attention to the way we wash our hands, I think my wife and I are now whether consciously, I mean, what happened this evening was, was me having the conscious realization, but I think subconsciously we've kind of been drifting toward it mm-hmm. is the, the realization that, you know, the same way that now we're all aware of the way we're washing our hands. Now we've got to be aware of the way we're dealing with those things with our son. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're going to have to be much more mindful. That's the word I've been hunting for this whole time. It finally yeah. occurred to me. We're going to have to we're going to have to be much more consciously mindful of that. Um, I am working very very hard on being a lot better. Mm-hmm. I'm working very very hard on being better, and the bar is set very low. So whatever improvement I make will be a <laughs> lot better. Um, about. Um, picking up my dishes, picking up my glass, picking up my stuff, cleaning up after myself when I do something. Because when Lee and I are both working, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, there's a reason that, you know, I don't spot stuff. I just, you know, my eyes drift over clutter sure. because they just do, you know, now that we're not getting any space yeah. physically during the day. I don't want to wind up having that become, you know, the thing that leads to friction, resentment, whatever. Yep. And I'm and and just in the last few days, I've been working very hard to to pay, try to try to to see the stuff that historically I just haven't. Sure. Which, you know, is is tough. <laughs> Um, you know, and then, and then, you know, one, one of the nice things about my wife and I having met when we did and having life experience we had before we met is we were old enough and had enough mileage, using a phrase I used before, you have enough mileage under our belt right? that we had had most of our, uh, most, most, we, we had developed ways to constructively communicate with each other. Mm-hmm before we actually met one another because we had both been through some pretty shitty situations. Sure. And we had both figured out, okay, look, this is what I want and this is how I'm going to communicate about what I need. And we are able to be honest with each other in a way that, that we don't take as an attack. Mm -hmm. And, and we have the communication support skills Mm -hmm. for one another to deal with, with, all of the emotional stress and all the, all the trauma that this is creating. Yeah. And so I think, I think just like emotional intelligence with our son is a big deal. Exercising that same level of emotional intelligence with each other is, is a big deal. And like, you know, whatever, whatever else it is that, that we wind up having to deal with over the course of however long this winds up, taking mm-hmm. the next you know the next 18 months until there's a vaccine and we can all you know get stuck with a needle and go about our daily lives right um you know over the course of the next year and a half um you know or more until the curve flattens sufficiently or whatever um you know those those are the those are the things we're going to have to be exercising those are the things we're going to have to be paying attention to and working on you know and yeah. and i think um, I think that's, that's, those are the biggest things that, that I'm trying to do, okay. you know, and, and then, and then, you know, other than that, I'm drinking. So, you know, that's, that's how I'm coping, but you sure. know, that I'm a scout. So that's, yeah, that's, that's what fair. happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, you know, let's close, close this up. Cause, uh, I'd rather okay. get to <clears throat> other content. We've got, um, we've got a lot more stuff to talk about. We yeah. do. We do. Um, so I guess uh, the, the, the thing that I've gleaned from this is stay the fuck inside. Yes. Wash your goddamn hands. 
wash your fucking hands. This this matters. Um, we have not seen the worst of it yet. We're going nope. we're going into it, and that will last for way too long. So yeah. be prepared, be ready, and uh, and take it seriously so that we can flatten that curve. So yeah, wash your hands, stay inside, yeah. social distance, um, those things. Uh, and and yeah. Christ be patient and compassionate. So, well, yeah. for a geek history of time, I'm very sad, uh, <laughs> and you are, and, and I'm and I'm and I'm angry and frustrated with a lot of people in the world right yeah. now. So. And uh, so, until next time, uh, as we already said, stay inside and wash your fucking hands.